This episode of I'm a Podstar, Not a Doctor is sponsored by vSurgic, your secure live connection into the operating room. vSurgic was specifically designed to be a simple, secure, and reliable connection for accessing the operating room in real time. vSurgic provides seamless connectivity for surgical education, observation, design team, engagement, and technical product support. Surgeons have direct access to all the recorded procedures and can easily generate clips for use in presentations or for sharing with colleagues and engineers. Combining a hardwired installation that takes up no floor space in the OR with an intuitive web interface and the remotely controlled high-definition cameras, there's never been a more simple, secure, and reliable way to access or archive live surgical procedures. Vsurgic helps companies and surgeons save time and money by utilizing the convenience of remote teleconferencing versus traditional travel requirements. Vsurgic, your front row seat to the operating room, bringing you the best live surgical events from the world's leading surgeons. Visit vsurgic.com for more information. Uh, that's, Bobby, that's a good business. You're going yeah, it'll to be, it'll be Bobby Billionaire. That's trademark. I'm leaving you guys all behind too. Especially you change your name to be billionaire. Let's cut this part out so nobody else hears it. Oh, it's already already cut. <laughs> no one steal my I've, idea. I've already me. given up like three or four ideas on the podcast. But again, you know how I know nobody's listening because nobody's come up with those ideas yet. <laughs> <laughs> what up what up what up welcome back everybody to i'm a pod star not a doctor where you aren't probably going to learn much but we might fuck around have some fun and learn something on accident uh this is your boy cuff daddy and my co-host the american fair i love how you you like chuckle and you kind of like breeze through the intro now it's kind of fun it's like it's by now rip. if off you're listening rip. if you're listening you know you're not going to learn anything so we don't even need to get into that <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't get it twisted this ain't the podcast i won't feel bad if you're gonna go switch it up you know, you know it's funny we've had a couple people i'm pretty sure that wanted to be guests and then they heard it and they're like yeah maybe not yeah <laughs> and then I've also had a bunch of people text me be like, I really want to be on your podcast. I think I can bring quite a bit to it. I go, I bet you could. Dude, there's, there is something for everybody, right? So, you know, there's definitely a space for this and, you know, there's a space for that and you can get with this or you can get, get with, with that. that. But I would get with this because this is where it's at. Exactly. <laughs> I swear I've heard that somewhere before. No, bro. I'm original. Oh, okay. So if I went back, if so, if I took a time machine to the '90s, I wouldn't hear uh, that. Oh, dude. So uh, speaking of original, I watched uh, the Weird Al. Do you know who Weird Al Yankovic is? Yeah, he's a genius. Right, he's huge. Right. Yeah. So my wife didn't know who he was, so I was like, I rented a movie because it had Harry Potter in it, and it, he's playing Weird Al Yankovic, and I was tripping out how like I remembered him, and then how he and but they they had a cool spin on the on the movie. It was a comedy. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it was pretty interesting. Uh, it was super entertaining. But I forgot that he like messed with people's songs and like copied their songs. Like uh, like were people mad at that? Well, that's what's interesting. It's I don't know how he does it because he has parodied so many different songs. I mean, the yeah. fact that Gangsters Paradise is Amish Paradise and it's just a straight <laughs> bop. Turn 
it's it's like how did he do that and not get i mean i don't know i don't understand i don't understand what's happening right now with music even with like taylor swift she's re-releasing all her albums but then slaps taylor's version and now she has all the rights to it and she comes out and says if it says taylor's version it's all mine and i i want her to make the money i just don't get how she re-released all of her own same songs. she changed the lyric here or there but it's weird. It's like, how do you re-release your own songs? I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> Would you get mad if, like, your neighbor started a podcast with his doctor friend and, and the dude's name was, like, Show the Daddy One, and then it was, like, Faro Americana. <laughs> it was, like, such a bite. And it was, like, I'm actually a doctor. I'm not a pod star. That's what they named it. And they literally copied us. Like, would you be, would you be upset? Um, imitation <laughs> is the best form of flattery. Yeah. So I don't know. I wonder if they were upset. Ex- ex- I wonder if they were upset, uh, you know, cause he did Michael Jackson. Like, I feel like they'd be upset and that's a huge song. And I feel like, like, didn't, I think he like wrote off the, the song and that's how he got successful and made a bunch of money. Right. He makes money off other people's stuff. However, he does have a talent to make it his own. That's what's interesting. It's like, it's not like he just sang beat it again. He made eat it. And you couldn't make that right now because it's total fat shaming. But he made it about like being fat. I feel like they wouldn't be upset. I mean, we do that all the time. So, you know, people make up surgeries and then they show it to everybody. And then somebody copies it and like puts a little tweak on it and makes it better. And maybe maybe people like that one more, you know. But like, I don't think the person who made up the surgery is like mad. Or maybe. Well, so there's a guy <laughs> down the street um, from my present office, and he says that he created the anterior hip replacement. And I don't know. There's a guy named Smith and a guy named Peterson that I'm pretty sure came up with that exposure. And Smith Peterson? Yes. And then there Did was- We got to get the Acevedo Bechet. There it is. <laughs> I like, like the, the AB. We'll put a spin on like reverse total shoulder. We'll call it like the ABRSA, and then well, we'll have like a like but, a song. And when we show our our videos online, we'll play songs. But that's an interesting point. So <laughs> if I went, if I said I'm going between the deltoid muscle and the pec, which is exactly where we go to do our replacement, but we we just then wake up tomorrow and say no, 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 no. This is the Acevedo Bechet approach, and we're going to go between. The adeltoid, adeltoid, get it, adeltoid, <laughs> and the pack. You would be like, no, that's like this has been done. That's that's not. That's new. why. That's why. Like, I think you know, people talk about like resident education and like judging residents and like you know making sure people are skilled. And you know, we go to all these meetings and and a lot of us show videos, right? I show videos and other people show videos. And there and I know there's this in urology, they like post their videos online and then someone scores them and like tells them how good they are. And there's like a leaderboard. Like I feel like we should do that in orthopedics where like we all like everybody does like a rotator cuff and you send it to the magical rotator cuff cloud and then somebody like judges it and scores it. The like cuff cloud. Yeah, the cuff, the cuff cloud. And then hey, the did you put cloud. that uh, that three tendoner uh, up in the cuff cloud? Yeah, yeah. Wait, and be like, cloud. what? <laughs> but but you know, it's funny you say that, and I would I would absolutely adore looking at your videos. However, the videos that are done outside the body, like the, the scope ones, are fine because we can capture yeah. that pretty easy. But the ones that are outside the body are terrible. 
and they're out of focus or like you think you're getting it and then i have big hands so my big paw is like in the way um, like, <laughs> i just showed a video like that this weekend Shut up. i know it's, yeah it's so it's they're they're so hard and it, it would be great if we had one way to either stream or capture this video or make it so that it's much much better and much clearer so then we can actually say oh cuff daddy ooh, ooh I, I like what you did there or ooh i, I maybe wouldn't have done that yeah. but but yeah you would but right now the videos for out outside the body are very very spotty at best there are some new places and we'll talk about it a little bit later but there are some places to to find better options for recording because i think education is only as good as what we show and if i don't show you anything good how are you going to get better you're gonna be like well i think this is what he did here i didn't necessarily see it but he was saying it i don't know my yeah, that's why that's actually why we're going to have our guest on Paul, Paul Sethi. I, I hit him up at a meeting and he introduced me to this company and I was like, oh, that's dope. But I we're going to use this to I want to talk to him about it. <laughs> but I, I wish that. Yeah, I do. I do iPhone videos and like I had a good video and I was supposed to give a talk this weekend on glenoid exposure and like my video is good. Except there's like a couple parts where like my hand got in the way and I was like, shit, but I didn't want to like cut it out because I wanted to leave it real time. And uh, so then I made another video. But then that one's like far away and it's not as close. I'm like, damn, I like I just I need like a camera like in my my goggle or something. Well, it's funny because I had the same talk that I was supposed to give next month in in Davos. And the problem was I recorded it three different ways. The first way I had this one camera that my rep held and it has a little gimbal. So no matter whatever he does and turns it it won't like change it it keeps it nice and smooth however he's behind me so it makes it super hard to to see the other one was this one it's actually a really cool camera it's 360 degrees so i can just set it anywhere in the room it records everything and then when i come to look at the video i can spin it and if i want to stare at the ceiling the whole time i can it capturing 360 degrees however it's only as good as it, as close as it gets and so it's hard to get it because it's not sterile and then the, the third option is, like you said, your phone and something invariably is in the way. So I was recording this the three different ways that I had, and they all sucked. And so I said, all right, I'm doing a lab. And I called the company that I was doing the lab with, and I said, would you do me a favor? I got to present this. And if we can get an extra cadaver, just have a camera crew there. They were going to be there anyway. Just have them stick around a bit longer. And we'll do it. We'll do the video. So they're like, no problem. We'll take care of it. So I go there. I do it. Perfect. It goes so well. I got this camera crew there. I got a camera from the the side. That's official. Yeah, it was awesome. And so, and I even dictated it like as I was going. So I wouldn't even have to do it later. So if I wanted to speak over, I could. Otherwise, it was already done. So he burns it on a thumb drive for me. And I get on the plane. I'm going to like edit it on my flight home. Do you want to know what happened? Mm-hmm. Wherever he thought he was recording, he was not recording. And wherever he thought he was not recording, he was recording. So he, <laughs> so he totally missed everything I needed. 
Well, that's that's how my video was, and I love my rep, Tad. But Tad like put like he just was zooming. You know, he doesn't know he's outside. You know, watching the shoulder from you know trying to get it on the iPhone. So I definitely need we need to step up this, the the camera game. You know, so we're at the meeting, and then the other cool thing was like the videos are so important, right? Like, so we're at this meeting, and it's a shoulder arthroplasty course for the AOS, and um. We have a, a really famous surgeon, Dr. Basim Alassan there, and he, he's like the man at tendon transfer. So he's showing us how to do um, a tendon transfer on the video, like on the cadaver, and they're broadcasting it into the other room. And uh, man, it was so dope. And like just interacting with them and like asking them questions, you know, it's like, uh, it was, it's just amazing. I'm like, and you know, there's got to be a way, like, I'm sure like, you can like if you let's say you were doing something cool and you're like Danny, I want you to watch me in surgery. There's got to be a way where like I can like block off some time and then like watch you from from LA and you're doing a surgery in Detroit and then I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then we talk about like how to make it better and stuff like live. And I think there it it is coming. I think there's going to be some regular basic video stuff that is, I mean, high def, very high def. Um, but. There's also, I think, going to be an augmented reality component to it. There might be a VR component to it. It's going to be really cool. Like once we kind of merge a lot of different people, and you know, we're we're offered a lot of opportunities to see some of this stuff early. Um, and so I've seen some of the VR stuff. I've seen some of the AI stuff, as you have. You've seen some of these streaming things. But I can't wait till they're all merged together, so that not only can I be working, but essentially talking to you real time. You might even be able to point at something like, "What is this step?" Like, what? Dude, it'll, be, it'll be the own. It'll be the Cuff Daddy channel. So it'll be like on twice a week for eight to 12, 10 hours a day, and you could just log in, and then I'll be there just doing surgery. We're like, "Oh, oh hey, Sharif's here," and then you know, I'm like, "What are you doing, Danny? Oh, I'm doing a little rotator cuff here. I'm gonna put a little regenitin on top." <laughs> it'd be a lot of it'd be fun to watch man it's that's, like, that's like adult Fortnite. like literally that's what my son's doing in the other room with his friends they're playing Fortnite, but we're going to be doing it like playing surgery like that's going to be the shit right I gotta, i'm gonna have to connect my son and your son together because he's upstairs playing Fortnite too and my, <laughs> my you know it's how all these screens now are 16 by 9 you know like yeah. uh theater so my brother comes over the other day goes hey no i got you something and i said uh what did you get him he goes no come with me to the car and help me take this out and he like pulls this box out and the box just keeps coming out of the back of the car just keeps coming out i'm like what is that he got him a 32 by 9 screen so it's a double wide screen that's curved oh yeah my son my other son has that yeah so we, <laughs> we, we set that up in his room it literally eats up his whole wall yeah. I, don't think, I don't think I've seen them since Saturday. They're, they're serious, dude. There's a lot going on on those computers. It looks like like DEFCON 5 and like, you know, there's like shooting missiles and they're talking to people on one part of the screen. The other part of the screen has homework up. And oh, then, you God. know, it's like, <laughs> it's, exactly. it's so funny. Have you been in my son's room? Because that's exactly what's going on. He's got video. It's, it's a cult. It's like our cult. It's like our surgery cult. Like, my, you know, everyone's like, why are you always hanging out with your shoulder friends? Like, because they're cool. They're part of our cult. It is definitely a call. It is definitely a call. No, it's crazy, man. And and I can't wait to I want to pull up surgical video on that screen and see what happens. I can like see the I could actually see the patient, anesthesia, the back table on the screen. I could see the so whole like you know, that's crazy. So that kind of brings up a point if all that's coming like so you know, sometimes the patient, one of the patients was like uh, a medical uh, what did we say? I forgot what he was. Um, something. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to be a doctor. And I was like, Oh, cool. He's like, can I scrub in my mom's surgery? I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, there's hospital rules. 
<laughs> and then I don't know if he knew he thought I was like lying, but I was like, no, you can't just walk into the OR. Like, but do you think that like if we're recording everybody's surgery like that, like that the family would like have the right to watch? Like, would you let them watch? So, and that's the thing. Um, where I did my fellowship uh, with Kevin Plancher, he recorded every. This is two thousand six, and he had been doing it for years even before that. He would record all his scopes and give the family the disc. Just here you go, every case, and it would be hell to pay if like there's no discs or the thing didn't burn and but he was happy to do it and so when i actually came out i did it for a while and it just became more tedious because it just didn't have the infrastructure to do it but i have no problem handing it off it's but right now the way most of these things as you know are recorded are de-identified so you don't know who it is and even if you come to look for it you don't know which patient it is unless you yourself know which one it is. And that's kind of built in for us, for our own safety, so that if, God forbid, there is a lawsuit, the insurance carrier can't come back and say, I want the one for Danny Acevedo on this day at this time. Be like, dude, it's de-identified. I don't know where that is. So I, I, I think that it's... It's, it's a good thing, but it can also, you can see, be used for a bad thing. Because if attorneys know that this is out there, they'll they'll want to capture everyone and start sifting through these things and say, hey, something happened right here. You should go see your doctor. That would be that would be crazy. But I'm sure people would do that. It is wild. Well, where you trained for your fellowship in Philadelphia, there's more law schools there as medical schools and, and places to train. So it's they pump out. You know, I don't even know how many hundreds of attorneys a year and they got to do something. So medical malpractice ain't too bad out of the gate. That's why <laughs> Philly has a very, very high uh, risk of getting sued. Yeah, they're like, we don't want these cameras. <laughs> they're like, we're good. We barely want to dictate and tell you what we did. Yeah. No, I like I said, I take a lot of pictures, man. I take a ton of pictures and then, you know, make videos for it was mainly educational purposes. Uh, but you know, I think it's, it's good. I like watching other people's videos and I think the live thing's cool. Like a surgery channel, you know, that's kind of what I'd envision in retirement and just like, you know, like look at people's surgeries and like, you could be like an on-call, like you're in the video, you kind of like zap yourself in <laughs> and just chilling and, at home, giving advice. And just tell them, you know, bro, here's where you need to go right here. Yeah. Take a left turn. It's coming, dude. I mean, you know, I there, I remember we were at what meeting then like there was a platform. I think it was Zimmer's platform where they like they had like a headset and then you'd be able to talk to another surgeon. And they can see what you were seeing in real time. That's coming out. That's going to be cool. I think there's so many cool things coming, but I think we have to find a way to do it that is safe for us. And what I mean by that is just like I was saying with all these lawsuits that could, you know, become more prevalent is we don't want something that could help us hurt us nobody wants that and i don't want something that could help us be used to hurt us that's that's the worry is there's always so i'll give you an example so today my office manager runs into my office she's like just give me your routing number and give me your uh account number and i'm like what <laughs> and she's like i'll switch it i'll take care of it i'm like what are you talking about and so she says to me, you sent me that email like 20 minutes ago. I'm like, I, I didn't send you an email. So she goes, uh-oh. So she runs back to her office. I follow her. And so she had been 
they're they're doing a phishing email saying they're me. It had like all my credentials and everything, almost very similar to my normal signature box. And it said that I wanted my direct deposit changed from <laughs> my present account to a new account. And I'd emailed her, which she's in my office, so I probably wouldn't have emailed her. My signature box was a little bit different. It said best regards. I would never say best regards. But if you go back and you look at email address, my email address was not real, obviously. But if you were going through quickly, you might fall for that. So that's kind of the worry. It's like these nefarious thoughts. Nefarious. Exactly. That <laughs> that's the guy from Despicable Me. That's not a I word. That's the guy's name was Nefario. But you know, nefarious ideas. And I was just thinking to myself, if people would just use their brains for good, this would be an amazing place to live, this place called Earth. But everybody, well, I won't say everybody, but many utilize it for evil and deceit and nefarious things. That's wild, dude. That's crazy shit. It's it's nuts. And it, I mean, I, I'm glad like she came to my office to like ask me, but it was like, holy smokes. That's not, that's no bueno. <laughs> oh, I don't know. So but, what, uh, I saw you were educating the peeps in the world this weekend in Chicago. Yeah, you know, I'm always thankful that people invite me to be able to help. I like to help. Did a couple of lectures. Um, I always learn learn more than I teach, though. Always. You know, so it's awesome. So I get to go to a free meeting, and then I get to you know show them some people stuff. Uh, I'm good at shoulder replacements, little tips and tricks, uh, which is cool. That's always fun. It's always humbling, you know. And then uh, you hang out with the big boys. Uh, like Dr. Throckmorton and Dr. Ellison and Dr. Murthy and all these other guys, Dr. Abood and Wider. So, you know, I feel blessed to be invited to those things because you've been doing it for like a minute, right? Like you're like 20 years deep. I'm 17 years deep, but yeah, I've been yeah. lucky enough to be involved for probably 13, 14 years now doing that kind of stuff. And no, it's fine. You got to do it, dude. It keeps you sharp. Like I was trying to tell some, you know, some people don't go to meetings anymore. They're like, Oh, you know, I'm kind of over that. But I was like, I mean, I don't know. I, I like going to meetings. I like doing surgery. I like staying sharp and staying on top of it. I feel like everything changes every couple of years. And, and I know, I know like we were doing surgeries uh, like last year and, and then like in three years, like it's done. Like, oh, we're like, oh no, we made it better. We changed it to this. Right. So everything's always changing. Or, well, we don't do that anymore at all. And you're like, wait a second. I just spent like a year trying to figure out how to do that. You yeah. tell me it's over now. Yeah. That's yeah. no, that's no good. How, how does that work? No, I, mean, but I think anybody that tells you again, I, I want to be careful with my words right now. Word as people tell me, words can hurt. So I will say this: if I think you have to stay caught up, I don't care if it's by reading, by watching videos, by going to meetings, whatever. Things change, and I will tell you the way I did something last year is already different this year. So if you're telling me I'm over that part in my career, then you should probably be close to being done. <laughs> things evolve too much. Yeah. Yeah. Like they stagnant. You know, I see knees. I, I remember like when I first got out, I was doing ACLs and I like doing knees and uh, you know, I could still do one. I was, I was really good at the, doing an ACL, um, but it's been a while, you know? So, you know, I see them and I'm like, hmm, like, should I do that? Like, they want me to do their search. I'm like, nah, I think uh, I'm gonna give it to my homie who does knees because he's probably do it better. You know, I give that up just because, you know, I don't want to, I'm not up to date on it. At least not if I didn't go to like a course because it's been a minute. 
Right. And like, I'm see the difference between you and I is I'm sports trained and you're shoulder elbow trained, but yet we both merged into the shoulder space. And if I have an elbow and you're next to me, man, that goes to you all day, all day. As long as I have OR time. Okay. That's well, going back to what you were talking about when somebody's like, Hey, can I scrub in? And you're like, yeah, it doesn't work like that. that that's one thing that's always funny about patients. I'll, uh, I'll see a patient and they'll be like, I want you to do it at this hospital. I'm like, cool. I don't go there. And they're like, no, 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 but I want you to do it there. I'm like, it's just, it's not that simple. (laughs) We have to like try to get what's called privileges there. You have to get on staff there. You have to become what's called credentialed. And they're like, what are you talking about? The building's right there. Why can't you just go in there and just like use a knife? It's it's not, it's not (laughs) that simple. It's not that simple. So (laughs) That that there's so many like misnomers that people don't understand about what we do, and it's uh, and that's why I always tell my kids, I I love that you might want to do medicine, but I really want you to understand what that means to do medicine right now. It's a very very different thing than it was just a few years ago. <laughs> I know you all your kids want to be doctors, so it's just and you're like, don't tell my kids that. It's a cool job. They can do whatever they want, man. You know, I think uh, they just watch me like I really enjoy, you know, doing what I do, regardless of all the noise and all the stuff that goes on. I mean, I feel like every industry has like certain issues. And obviously, you know, the healthcare industry has its own issues. And, you know, you kind of navigate through those issues to help people. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I asked, I told my wife the other day, I was like, I still, there's nothing else I'd rather do. Like, I like doing surgery. I like helping people. I like playing with, you know, metal. <laughs> well which is fun because the guy that we're bringing on tonight is yeah. all of those things he's one of my brown brothers he's in greenwich connecticut bougie capital of the usa so it's going to be fun to have him on because he's going to talk a little bit about like how he got here so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff we were just talking about with the uh, video it's going to be all good so i'm excited to bring paul sethi on also one of the three amigos that started the shoulder 360 course. So Paul, come on in. There he is, my brown brother, Paul Sassy. What's up, Paul? Gentlemen, excited to be on tonight. I'm excited for you to be on. I have so many questions. (laughs) You're you're our most famous guest so far. Uh, Am I I, I the first one then? (laughs) Well, there's certain, some people have said, you know, because there's like all these rumors that circulate through our little world. And somebody's told me that you were a Bollywood star at one point. You know, I, I, in my mind and in my mom's mind, maybe, but no one else's. Right, Dude, you have total movie star vibes, bro, like all day long. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to feel really good after this. <laughs> <laughs> Even like, like when you go on, the, when you go on the podium and listen to you talk, it's like you're doing like a, like a commercial for like Fox News or something. It's so like movie star profesh. So, so Sante Gupta F. It's like yes, just enough exactly. swag and professionalism mixed together that you look, you're like, damn, that guy's a star. I mean, I'm getting a man crush on you guys right now. This is going well. Although, although I will say in Boston this year, you dropped an F-bomb and I literally spit out a drink. That's not professional. 
It, it may be true. I, I can't confirm or deny that accusation, but I, I did hear <laughs> I did hear someone say I said that. It happens. It's the heat of the moment. You got comfortable. I didn't mention a product though. So Sharif, is it worse to drop an F bomb or mention an actual company name? Which would you have done, given the choice? Well, you only work with one company, so that makes it a little bit easier to not say that. But I would say if you use like product names or like keep saying the company name, I I would say that's probably worse. Yeah. Is that a rule? That's a rule. What if you accidentally said a company name? Oh no, Danny, you can't. It's just like a no. That's you rookie. You'll oh, never get back shit. to Shoulder 360 oh. ever Freaking in your out. entire Freaking life. Yeah. They wouldn't even let you come back if you paid. Oh. Possible. Now, there's another Possible. rumor. There's another rumor that you and my co-host were in Chicago in the middle of a street <laughs> doing push-ups. Is that true? I was you know, challenged. I, it's true. Well, so Danny, you are challenged. And it's it's true. <laughs> It, Sharif, so that one I'll tell the story on. We had just done a, a full day of the OLC, and Danny was the rising star, gave all these good talks, and everyone thought he was so slick at surgery. And he looked at me, he's like, and I'm better than you and stronger than you. So he said, let me try and do some push-ups with you. And uh, anyway, in California, I guess they don't do push-ups. <laughs> That's all you're going to say? That's all we need to say? we did we were doing uh plyo push-ups and like i just remember seeing the video and like i totally ate it and hit my face after like a couple of like slips. <laughs> so, then, so then it was it was over but we don't know nobody counted we didn't have an official scorecard so we're, we're supposed to have a rematch at some point i'll ask it this way <laughs> did did bollywood paul have a black or did he have a black eye or a fat lip after doing it you know, I, I, I don't want to get into the details, but no, no is the I'm going to ask, did Cuff Daddy or Plant Daddy have a black eye or a fat lip after eating shit in the street? No, no, no. Okay. Right. Suspicious. 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 So I don't know if you noticed, but your brother from Shoulder 360 has a new nickname, secondary to our show, which is the Lebanon Don. <laughs> and it appears that you now have Bollywood Paul as your nickname. Oh my gosh, look at that. Look at that. Look, I, I had some bad nicknames in life. I'm going to definitely take that one. You could call your mom tonight and be like, Mom, Mom, I made it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like <laughs> he did make it. He came out to California and he did the Curly Joe Fellowship and, you know, hanging out with the Lakers and meeting all those famous people. I'm getting inflated minute by minute. I mean, actually, I'll do this podcast every night if you guys make me feel <laughs> We're just talking about you, dude. That's what's up, right? That's what you did. Uh, hey, like you it. earned all these accolades. I'm surprised you didn't stay in LA. You're super LA. I would have totally hung out with you. So a lot of parts of me wanted to stay. And, you know, I look back on my my mentor, Jim Taboni, and, you know, Neil Elshosh, obviously, too. But there was a lot of good synergy. Um, and I just think that the stars and the moon just, it wasn't the exact right time in the world. But it was close. It was a real. It was. A, it was a real discussion point. So, who was in Connecticut that brought you uh, there, or was it just the job? Uh, I grew up on the East Coast, and I and I trained at Yale in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So, I had met the I had met the group, and it was a really wonderful opportunity and a nice community. It's sort of getting getting a little deep for a minute, and maybe it's worth it. You know, my parents moved to this country when they were in their twenties to go to university, and they came from India. So as I grew up in this country, I didn't, you know, all of my friends were like, oh, I'm going to my aunt's house or my cousin's house or my uncle's house for a holiday. And I, I didn't have any of those. You know, there wasn't the ability and the 
fast enough to move across and to sort of jump on a flight. So I'd always longed in my life to have my extended family. And when I finished my training, my sisters who are both older than me and my parents, they're all on the East Coast. And I thought to myself, look, I think this is what I want for my family. And that's really, you know, while professionally, I think it would have been a lot more fun to stay in LA and, and have a real professional sports you know, career. I chose I chose to be closer to that part of growing up where I think I, I I wished I had something else. And then it's worked out really well and I have no regret about that. It's worked out awesome. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I mean, I think all of us are foreigners on here and in some capacity. And I mean my parents came over in nineteen sixty-nine, kind of similar story. And so it's when it was time to finish fellowship and I got an offer to stay in New York city. It was like, wait a second, you know, when we start a family and it's going to be important to be by family. And it, it's just, I don't want my kids to not know their cousins and not know, and just see them once every like year or two. It's, it's more fun to have them around everybody and know everybody. So I, I totally understand what you're saying. And yeah, it would have been your professional success, but it would have come at the expense of your family. Yeah, look, that's absolutely it. And, you know, that, that's the story of how I um, stayed on the East Coast. Plus, LA is cheaper to visit. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like there's plenty of room in LA because everyone's moving out of California. Yeah, no, they're just saying that, dude. I had to stay here, man, you know, because I'm this. we have the best Mexican food. I could never leave that. <laughs> is there good Mexican food in Greenwich, Connecticut? No. So we we, we first moved back to uh, to Connecticut, right? And you go to some fancy restaurant in New York City, and it's supposed to be the best Mexican. And they make the guacamole at the table, and they grind it. This was, you know, 20 years ago. So now it's sort of commonplace. Rosa Americana. Yeah, Rosa Mexicana. Americana, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's a great meal. I'm not going to lie. A little bougie, but, you know, not, <laughs> I, I'm from Connecticut, so now I have to own it. But it was 160, it's 160 bucks for two of us. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought it was supposed to be seven bucks or eight bucks. So, um, so you can get good food, but it is, you know, it, it ain't cheap. So it's funny. Uh, so I've been to Rosa Mexicana when I was there as a fellow and yeah, same thing. It's like, what did I buy? Like, I was wondering if they gave me the wrong bill. Like the guy next to me, I, I wasn't sure what was going on. I was like, what did I eat? And it was funny. I took Plancher, uh, to after a clinic one day, his office 92nd and park, as you know, and there's, this was like it. I want to say 94th and 3rd. So it was a few blocks away. And I said, I'm taking you to get all you can eat fajitas at this place. And he's like, what? And so here's Kevin in his like 12 piece suit. And we're walking into the place and we get chips, salsa, guac. The fajitas come. He is just tearing through this stuff. Come on, that guy. He's so fit and thin. I didn't think he well, this was at the beginning of the fit and thin part, but he's tearing through it. I mean, because he actually wouldn't eat around me. He had a secret refrigerator in the library of the office in Connecticut. And he would like go in there and just like screw, just tear through <laughs> a yogurt and then come out and pretend like he doesn't eat. But he would just tear <laughs> through it. That's so this, sad. This particular day we went and he ate everything and they brought me the bill and it was $9.99 all you can eat fajitas and then we had a couple margaritas so the whole bill was like 46 dollars. i'm like kevin i got this and he's like you can eat for 46 dollars for two people <laughs> he had no idea that you could eat so thriftily i mean a, a, a margarita at rosa mexicana is like 27 bucks at least at least yeah, if you want salt it's extra yeah oh you do live in la it's the same 
(laughs) (laughs) So we were talking a little bit about education before you got on, and we were saying how the dynamic of education is really changing. And it used to be papers. And then it became, okay, these short videos that you watch. And then it was death by PowerPoint. And then it was dot, dot, dot. And then you guys came out with this really innovative idea of education and putting, you know, people up on stage that just have to walk around like a TED talk and judges right next to you to like, you know, kick you in the dick if you had to, if you're not doing well and gong you. It's like it just changed this dynamic. So it was really interesting how you came up with that. And we talked a little Joe, but he kind of veered off tangent. So I'm going to ask you, like, where did this all come from? I mean, look, I, honestly, it's the brainchild of all of us. Joe uh, and Rafi are, are my co-conspirators and just sort of really thoughtful, comprehensive guys. And what we what we didn't want is the things that we thought were punish, punishing or painful in our own education. So <clears throat> the pace of things, whether it's from social media, just the dynamic or the way the world is working or, you know, the Twitterverse or the Xverse, you know, reducing the number of characters, getting your points across. Technology with video and the ability to explain things is so much better. So I can bring you, or Sharif, you can bring me uh, into your OR pretty easily. But then what, the other part we didn't want people to get comfortable with was just because, you know, Danny's talked about the lower trapezius or the rotator cuff or Sharif, you've talked about some different concept of reverse or arthroscopic latergé. I didn't want you to bring your, your, your talk out of the can and just sort of repurpose and recycle it. I want you to think about a specific message in a, in a short format that you need to deliver. So by putting judges on you, we're forcing you not to give a canned talk. We're forcing you to think really hard about being up there. And you guys as faculty, you know, you, you cut, you cut it, like you're going to step up, you're going to do that and you're going to put in the energy and the effort. And that's why people want to come because they know that everyone who's going to get there, every faculty is going to give them a really good chance. Which is awesome. And, you know, one of the things that I know you're involved with, not only is this, but uh, that there's a new company, V-Surgic, who is kind of like on the forefront of video. And we were talking before you got on. One of the things that I hate is I, I have to do a video of a shoulder exposure, how to get to the glenoid. And so for those of you who are not doctors, how I make the skin incision, how I go between the muscles, how I get to where I need to go in order to put the shoulder replacement in. And I recorded it three different ways and they all sucked. And it's so frustrating because you do it and you're like, this is going to be so great. Then you watch it and you're like, this is terrible. (laughs) Paul makes makes good videos. I watch, I watch a bunch of your videos, Paul. I remember before before I met you and I was like a young little, little pod, you know, and I was like, you know, how to learn how to do basic shoulder surgery. I'd like watch a bunch of Paul's videos. I'm like, who's this Paul? I I was basic, Danny. No, no, no. Like, you know, when I was basic, when I was like learning, but I watched a lot of your videos. I mean, that's an insult when you call someone basic. I'm just in I case you LA you. don't know that. We're I just thought I watched all your videos, dog. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I so, did. You make cool videos. I learned a bunch, a bunch of stuff from you. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll take a couple of minutes. So V-Surgic is, is an exciting principle. And it's not just about video, right? It's about putting you in the operating room. So there's no better way to learn than watching your Sharif or you, Danny, operate and watching it stem to stern. When you cut up the video into sort of looking really elegant and you miss all the mishaps of the steps or the little, you know, the suture anchor that broke or whatever it may be, that's great. But now, I mean, 
you learn so many things by something as subtle as how you replace a retractor or how you change your hand or how you subtly just sort of shift something or rotate it. And that's really, that's how you continue to elevate your game. So what V-Surgic did is they put a series of cameras and in camera and then cameras all around the room, you know, eight, eight, nine cameras. And now I could be on my iPad or computer remotely so I don't have to fly all the way to Los Angeles or, or you know, to Detroit or wherever it may be to watch you operate, but I can get that experience and I can shuttle between the cameras. Uh, I can also work on development. So both of you guys work on design and development and creating new implants and new procedures. And look, you have to have eight engineers fly into your room and to watch each nuance. Now they can be in my room remotely as I'm challenging or thinking of a new way where I say, hey, look, here's the problem we meet intraoperatively. Here's how we need to discuss or figure out a new solution to this problem. So I can do remote education. And then, you know, of course, the, the beauty is I can create neat videos and I can pull the videos and, and have one screen showing me doing the arthroscopic work, the other screen showing me outside and the angle that I'm positioning it. And that's some of the nuance. That's some of the nuance that we really want to get into and take the operative experience to the next level. The last part without going, because it's not an ad and, and, and I don't want it to be, but what about live surgery? I mean, we don't have to import a crew to be in your OR and really invasive and sort of sort of disruptive to your OR. But I can I can do a live surgery from here to to Delhi or wherever it is that the world wants to see these things. I yeah, I'd watch. I want to watch you smush the biceps and put it on top of the rotator cuff. <laughs> I mean, look, that is your cable. I just did it. I, did it I want to see how you smush it. it like. You know, I want to be a good swisher. Make sure my little patch comes out. Oh, real no, I didn't. I didn't do the meat tenderizer thing. I just did the <laughs> biceps rerouting, which I thought was fun. I've done a bunch of those though, and it, I think it's it's a nice little way to do it. But you know, Paul's the leader in the in the house with those right now. I, I, I joke around. I think that I didn't realize that most of my life orthopedically was going to get surrounded by one tendon, whether proximal or distal. But holy <laughs> cow! I, I thought I'd gotten away from it. And now this anterior cable, as you suggested, Sharif, the rerouting, I really think there's a lot of meat on that bone. And it's a very, very utility, straightforward and inexpensive value sort of procedure we can add. And what's funny is everyone for years is like, don't worry about the biceps. Just don't worry about it. And here it is like making this resurgence. It, it got pissed <laughs> off. It got so pissed off. It's like, wait a second. I'm not the fifth beetle here in the rotator cuff. <laughs> I'm important, damn it. And, and I'm so embarrassed because I gave a talk at, at uh, Hafiz Kazam's Orange County course. And I'm like, listen, I think I've misled you all. The biceps is your friend. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good idea not to cut shit out that belongs there. In, right? uh, I mean, be careful. The whole the whole France is going to get mad at you. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I, I think, uh, you know, when you talk about that to a patient, too, and you're like, when they, when they don't under, really understand what you're doing, they're like, yeah, my rotator cuff's torn. I'm going to fix it, blah, blah, blah. But then you say, I'm going to cut this tendon. They're like, hold on, we're going to do what? And it's like, they just, you know that you're probably making them better, whether you move it or you cut it. But it's it's such an easier conversation saying, I'm going to use it for something else. But if it's causing you pain, I'm going to take care of it. Just, just trust okay. me on this. Okay, Paul, I know you work out. I know you're fit. So tell me the truth. Have you ever done this on accident where you were talking about the biceps? And when you were giving an example to the patient, you like, flexed on them <laughs> right. Is there a hair? Is yeah. done that? so um definitely 
not. Not <laughs> <laughs> he has. We wear- don't lie. It's so hard not to do that because I'm always like, because it's the easiest example. You're just like, check this bicep out. This yeah. is not a Popeye arm. So I'm Indian and I'm skinny and I wear a big no, white coat. Not. I wear a big white <laughs> coat, right? So I know you um, do yoga. I might. I'm not going to confirm or deny that. Are you a, are you a hot yoga guy? Uh, you know, I, I, no. Yoga is legit. It, look, flexibility is important. We know you that. know those like crazy push-up holds when they do those like push-up to handstand things? You should probably work on those so you have a chance to hit <laughs> the battle. <laughs> I will tell you that my youngest, a few years ago, I, I got into yoga a little bit. And, uh, and she would always come down at the end and be like, Dad, my favorite move is Shavasana. When you just lay there. <laughs> she's like, that's find yourself. Room. That's where you find yourself. I know. And she's like, this is the best part. Can I do Shavasana with you? I'm like, lay down. So <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. What, dude, so what do you think about the video thing? Like, you think that, like, maybe during resident education, like, they can record people doing surgery? Like, is that the new way we're going to do boards where you got to send in videos? I mean, honestly, don't give the ABOS any ideas, but what better test? Right. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's so hard to ascertain whether someone's a really good speaker, really good surgeon, one or the other, or a great author or scientist. So you, you, we can watch your surgical videos and you can look at the post-operative films and make some of your own assessments. Right. But I mean, what a neat trick or what a neat tool to actually get into the OR. Uh, you know, each, every time I do a case, I sort of ask myself, I'm like, what could I have done better? Even if it went smooth, right? Yeah. I'm going to say like, what could I have done better? What could be smoother? A nice way of introspection is to sort of look back and video yourself, right? And say, oh my gosh, look at that efficiency or look at more importantly, look at that inefficiency. So this tool, you know, one of the challenges with this, with this V-surgic tool is that there's so many interesting and good applications. And, and I think that all of them are, are legitimate. I just, I, I kind of want to focus on a couple now so that they can get off the ground and, you know, they're, they're agnostic to vendor. And I think that whether company A, B, or C wants you, wants, wants me to see someone who's a professional doing their surgery, that's a great way to do it. I can learn from myself. I can send it across seas. I can do live surgery at a meeting and it's actually not expensive, right? And I, I, when I first looked into installing the big branded in-light camera into my OR, we needed to get a new boom. And it was like $75,000 to try and get video hooked into my OR. And that was just, that was something was that I couldn't. harder at that point. You're like, yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't convince my hospital or no less my ASC to, to put in that kind of money for something that's going to not be a revenue producer. This is good for me to give talks. So <laughs> dude, let me write them a letter and tell them how awesome you are. And that I want to make sure that the, that the country could watch you do surgery. You yeah, know, my, my mom signed it. My mom wrote that letter. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the fact that there's eight cameras, like you can break out into a Bollywood dance in between and we could see that too. <laughs> you know, and wear your quarta underneath my gown. So yes. <laughs> no, I, I actually gave, uh, I, I did a live surgery. God, this was, I don't even know, maybe seven, eight, nine years ago now. I did a live surgery for a meeting in India from Detroit. And I had to do two cases. I did a cuff and I did an ACL. It took six months to plan this thing. And it almost didn't work between legal and between, you know, IT and all this stuff. I mean, it ended up working out great, and we had to time it right because they're however many hours different, and 
it was it, it worked out, but it was so much work. And so something like this would make that so much easier. But again, these are one offs for a handful of us that do those types of things. But I think the reality, though, is to the people that for everyday stuff, I think it's really good. And I mean, look, you could have the Podstar, you could have the Podstar channel, right, where on a given day, someone could tune in and you say, all right, well, here are our five Podstar surgeons. And they could tune into that channel and just turn live and sort of just step in on live surgery. I was literally saying that. That's what I'm talking about. You know what's (laughs) funny you say, though, is so as a DO, our third part of our training and to get board certified is they come watch us operate. And because the ABOS, not the AOBOS, so the MDs versus the DOs, and because of this merger going on right now, they're getting away from that, which I think was the best part. Because, like you said, between looking at my charts and looking at my x-rays, you can get away with some stuff. But when they watch you operate, how you set up a room, how you deal with the room, how you deal with the staff, how you deal with the patient, to see it firsthand, it made a huge difference. So I think this would be great for something like that. I would enjoy that. A bunch of general orthopods come watch you, Sharif, do a shoulder. I mean, they'd be asking you questions. The whole they were. Why do you do that? They were. Do that? Can you show me that? <laughs> Wait, what's that release again? Show true me that release. story. They did. And it was yeah. funny. Like two of my uh, examiners like became friends. And like to this day, they're like, send me like cases. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Next time when I have to research. On my boards, I had a, a, a bank cart repair and I was using knotless anchors and it was knotless and, and the repair looked like perfect. It didn't even look like it was torn. So I, the guy's looking at the pictures like, this looks normal. He's like, you didn't even fix it. And I was like, no, it's knotless. <laughs> Look at that to show him. Because, you know, that was when the, the anchors uh, had like the white label tape. So you couldn't oh, right. really see it. Right. And I was like, dude. And that's and I remember I used to tell my rep, I'm like, why is this white? It should be like black. Like you can't see it. <laughs> You almost got in trouble for it. Yeah, he, said, he told me. I'm like, no, I fixed it. It's knotless. But he was like, you know, older dude. This was like, what, 15, no, what, 10 years ago now? What, seven years ago? I don't even remember. But yeah, you know, and he was like retired. So they were like tying knots. They were hey, still Danny, doing it open. Danny, not to interrupt, but look at your name now. <laughs> He's showing oh Danny. <laughs> Danny, can, Danny can, are you going to take off your, show us your t-shirt and flex your biceps for us? No, no. This is a so this podcast. Is episode eleven. So the first ten episodes, he did that. He's yeah. doing that in Miami. He's doing a one episode reprieve. And can you tell me what kind of shoes you're wearing right now? I'm wearing um, where are these? William Sonoma slippers. Slippers. <laughs> William Sonoma slippers. <laughs> and my I'm chilling dog. It's cold over here in LA. It's like in the fifties right now. I got my beanie on. It's cold, bro. Yeah. It's forty-seven degrees here in Detroit. What is it in uh, Greenwich? 32 bros it's it's getting cold so while you know what while we're talking about greenwich we like to play a game here called keeping it gangster (laughs) however because you're in greenwich i can't can't really do that so we're gonna play a game called keeping it bougie it's bad and bougie bad cooking up with a oozy my it's a savage ruthless we got thudders and hundred rounds too (laughs) yeah (laughs) So I'm going to tell you some words that would only be understood in rich areas and affluent areas, <laughs> such as maybe. Is there such words? A Greenwich, Connecticut. You know, okay. Maybe imagine yourself down on Greenwich Ave at Barcelona. I've been there. You know the spot. I do. All right. So imagine yourself there. What you might hear at the Barcelona bar when a, when a guy's 
there trying to pick up a lady. Okay. He says to her, he says to her, you know, the hammer price was dot, dot, dot. What's the hammer price? Oh my gosh. I'm really embarrassed because I'm obviously a faker. Um, I, I don't a hammer. I don't know what a hammer price is. That's all right. Do you know, Danny? No. Oh, shit. Where'd that come from? <laughs> Bobby, <laughs> you're our resident smart guy. Bobby, come on in. There he is. Resident smart guy. Eddie will disagree with that. But. The hammer price. Dude, I'm not bougie. I don't know any of this shit. Okay. So <laughs> it's at auction. It's the price when the gal oh, yeah. hits, when the hammer hits. That's, yeah. right, that's the hammer price. And yet the hammer price is not actually the real price because there's still auction fees. So you might say to your neighbor, I just got my Ferrari. It was 1.4 was the hammer price. He goes, wow, that's not bad. He goes, well, it was 1.7 at the end. So That's how you get all your watches, huh, Sharif? There it is. <laughs> the hammer price. All right. Um, by the way, I'm going to go 0 for 4 on this. No, I think you got this one. What is a whisper? I mean, besides what Danny does in my ear. <laughs> it sounds like a stock tip. That's a stock tip. No, that's insider trading. That's different. That's, a, that's illegal. That's um, illegal. We're not trying to do condone illegal things. You, you got mad at me about robbery last week, so let's keep that up. I, I don't know. I didn't go to private school. Okay. So what it is, it's a listing that's secret for a home. Oh. And they're like, it's called a whisper sale. So that they'll go in there and they'll say, hey. I thought that's hard. called a pocket sale. We call it a pocket sale. Okay. Uh, Bougie ass. Like, <laughs> <That's LA. laughs> I knew what it is, though, but I think they call it a pocket By the way, sale. Here. I, I hate this game because I, I don't like losing it. No, actually, I'm glad you're bad at this game. It proves you're one of us. You just live in a bougie area. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Ready? Hip. I'm, I'm very scared because, I mean, like, I'm hip, cool. I know what's going on. So that would have been if we were keeping it gangster, but this is keeping it bougie. So I like where your head's at. It's hip, like it's expensive. Bobby? <laughs> I got nothing. I'm just enjoying your guys' response to this. I mean, can we, can we find out? Did you learn these words with Kevin? Is this, where did no, you learn no. these words? <laughs> he, would be, he would go four for four, for sure. For sure. <laughs> No, what the what hip is? It's the it's the number on the horse that's being auctioned because they don't have names. So there'll be a name <laughs> instead of a name. They'll have a number on the the horse's hip. So you're you'll be bidding on horse number blank. All right. Well, tomorrow at the auction, I'm going to get that one right. All right. Ready? <laughs> Last one. The stud fee. Now, listen. When I sire Danny out before, you start, <laughs> I know. I think that's the only one I got. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. That's keeping it bougie with your your man, Bollywood Paul. One for four. (laughs) So it's funny. I was talking to Rafi over the weekend. We were texting back and forth and we were talking about Shoulder 360 and some fun stuff we can do because Bobby Digital's coming down. We're going to set up a little place in the corner. We're going to probably record a couple pods. And what we were talking about is, and see if you guys like it, do at the end of each day, like a sports center, like breakdown, like high, like maybe the top 10 or highs, lows, or whatever. And we bring either all of you on, or maybe since it's a three day and you guys are busy from morning till night, maybe one of you on each night and, and do it live. I mean, I, I love that. And by the way, I think you can do, you know, a bottom two. You can really, you can have fun. We got <laughs> a lot of fun. 
you, you say we do top three, bottom two, and, right. and see how that works out. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to be on that. I, I think you could talk about mic drop moments. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and there's been a few. So, Bobby, uh, writing, Bobby, are you writing all this down? Dude, I just love Paul. I just love like talk like the meeting's so cool. Like I feel like if you do shoulder, you you have to go to this meeting because it just makes like it just makes it so fun. And like people always wonder like why I like my job so much. And I think I just like hanging out with all these fuckers and like going to these meetings that are like super crazy. Look, you know, at the end of the day, what we do is so hard, and you spend so many years trekking down this pathway that. And every single one of us, whether you're on the podium or not, spends a lot of time thinking about this stuff. So now if we can just take our education and and take what we do up to a, a real but intense but fun level, why not educate ourselves and think about it that way? I mean, the fact that Chewy dressed up like a Frenchman and did an entire talk with a French accent, I mean, you can't do that at any other meeting. No, and, and that Pascal Boileau got gonged. I mean, <laughs> in what universe can like one of the gods of shoulder surgery take a gong? I mean, uh, I may have gonged Joe. I think he just went over on time, though. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, oh Doctor Zuckerman, who's probably you know one of the one of my uh, idols in, in orthopedics. He said to me, he said, look, I'm not going to make it here. Like, but how did you guys talk me into talking about choosing my successor in retirement? I didn't retire yet. He's like, you put me down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, even some of the, the, the names, I think Chewy had one last year, or maybe it was the, the first year. It was like, I do the lower trapezius better than Bassum. That was like yes. the talk. And it's like, in what universe is that yeah. title of a talk? That's look, so great. You know, just we are all created equal, and and whether you're up on the podium or in the audience, the, the course is meant for everybody. Oh, you just gave me an idea for my talk. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Um, spoiler alert. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. But Not if it's about the what you're about to say. I think Joe wouldn't tell us either. Oh, the format of the room. Yeah, he was like he was gonna tell us. So, I all mean, right. not that anybody would hear it because nobody's actually listening to this podcast. So go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I'm scared now because Joe holds grudges. So oh, he totally does. Oh, I mean, it's terrible. You were his fellow, Danny, right? So two yeah. years ago, I don't fuck with him. <laughs> this year, like I've been working with him. We talk like five times an hour about something or the other, and um, and I'm at his mid Atlantic shoulder course, and I, I have a talk at one, and I have to get on a flight at five o'clock to get back uh, for an important event that night. And he had dressed up for Family Feud and was so excited and so proud. And I mean, you got to tell you, he had a purple suit on. He was hysterical. I got the video. But he's like, you're not invited back next year or for the next three years because you left 10 minutes early. I'm like, come on. (laughs) Dude, so check this out. So I don't know if I told this story on the pod yet, but like, so Joe's coming to LA and like, you know, you know, he's like, he's very vague, Joe Bood. And like, he texts me, he's like, hey, uh, like, I remember like months go by, like, I'm going to come to LA and give a talk. I was like, oh, cool. Let me know when. And that's what it was, the bubble. That's the last bubble. And then so like, I get a call him in clinic and he's like, are you coming? And I was like, where? He's like, I'm here. I was like, where? Because I'm in LA. I'm about to give a talk. I was like, shut the fuck up. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh shit. And then I looked at the bubble. I was like, dude, I'm like, you never told me when. Like, I don't know if I can go. And then he's like, if you don't fucking show up, don't ever fucking talk to me again. 
I swear it. He goes, that's fucked up. He's like, you're my friend. I was like, dude, I'm like, and I'm like begging him. I'm like, Joe, you know, I got your back. Like, what the fuck? Like, you didn't give me any heads up. He's like, you better fucking be there. And then he hangs up. And By the way. I pick up my phone. Hold on. And I call my wife. I was like, babe, because we had plans. Like, I got to go support Joe Aboot. I can't let him down. Sorry. And I just fucking go. <laughs> I mean, don't cross the Don. Let me tell you yeah. that right now. Yeah. Don't cross the Don. Yeah. And then he shows up, and then I show up. He's like, oh, good. And then it's like, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you redeemed yourself. But if you did it, Danny, yeah. you know, we bring you up as a faculty. He'd be like, mm, no. <laughs> no, that guy laughed. He didn't wear a purple suit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm all about loyalty. That's, that's good. I mean, I'm loyal to, you know, people who have helped me. And so that's, you know, I'm all about it. But you know what's really interesting when we talk about all this stuff is we all support each other in different ways. Some of us will support each other by, you know, showing up to a talk or some of us might like do take a picture with you and then post you at it. But like when you try to find Paul on the interwebs, (laughs) he is a a ghost. I mean, I don't know exist in social media that he might barely, be a good thing it, it's why i i respect it but it's so wild he's got a bunch of don't get it wrong though he does have a bunch of burner like twitter accounts that <laughs> it's for news though right twitter's for news. Or trolling yes <laughs> no <laughs> i'm just not good at, at i want to be better i i, I want to be a boss i don't know if you need to you seem like you're doing pretty well man not gonna lie uh, <laughs> don't worry, Joe's making up for your lack of social media. I mean, I don't know how he does that. I don't know how they make these these Instagram, you know, like music. And I, I can't even send like a birthday wish that makes stars and like makes your phone vibrate. I, do that. <laughs> I think Apple took care of that for you. You just have to say happy birthday and the, the confetti comes down. You don't need they to worry have people that. to do it for you. It was like $1,500 a month and they'll like come and like hang out with you and and do all your stuff for you that's for bobby will do it for you just just you and bobby connect after he'll take care of everything for you see that's that's the funny thing about it danny's talking about how he's so loyal to people who help him out but he has no idea what i even do for a living like we've been doing this pod for three months and he asked me Paul, before you came on, he's like, all right, so tell me what you do now. Like, I'm like, what? Because he, he, he keeps telling me I don't understand what he does. And like, I'm not going to lie. I don't understand, but I know what he does. So are you using any AI in your practice yet, Paul? I'm not. Well, actually, yes, we are, but not in a way that you would think about. So where AI is beneficial is on the business end of things and helping to pre-scrub claims. So now we can train the, train the, the data software to look for errors or discrepancies or issues with claims before we submit them. So that they're cleaner claims and you have a, a shorter AR. Um, so that I think on the business side is going to be really important. Um, in terms of delivery of care, I, I don't know that we're fully there yet, but I imagine, look, I imagine it's going to be very beneficial in terms of dissemination of patient information. And look, can you have communicators in the perioperative period? You know, you call and have a fever and it says, well, what's your fever? Oh, it's 100. Well, after 10,000 patients, it knows that's, that's totally fine. Don't worry yep. about it. That's going to so. be dope. Now, I think there's a, there's a huge place for all this stuff that's happening now. I, I think it's going to, I, I, I worry, we joked with Piper when he was on that, his wife is a uh, one of his assistants at times, and so she scrubs with them. I'm like, will there ever be a robot that takes your wife's spot? And I said, in the OR, because with, with Matt, I mean, we don't know. So, 
<laughs> and, he, and he was like, you know what? I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I really do. I think that there's going to be You see that come... Tesla robot? That yeah. 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 I sent you a picture of it, dude. It's the freakiest shit I've ever seen. I'm walking in, in the mall and there's a Tesla boutique and I look in and there's this like fucking robot. And... So what about like, what like what if like, you know, and Paul, Paul gets old and he passes and they take his brain and they put it into the AI, which they probably can. And then they put all his movements because they recorded all his video into this robot and they made a robot Paul Sethi. Would you let robot Paul Sethi scope your shoulder? Does he dance too like Paul Sethi? Yeah. Then yes. I mean, look, here's the question. How far are we from the Terminator? Right? Dude, it's coming. <laughs> George Orwell, you know, he called it 1984. So maybe he was only 15, 16 years off. But I mean, at what point are we going to have, are we going to get challenged? Do machines really, do they gain intelligence or they just gain the ability to to put together data in, in a meaningful way? Like, where does that go? I, I just read something the other day. They're like, in five years, what jobs will be gone? Cashiers will be gone. Most likely waiters will be gone. And they said uh, taxi drivers will be gone. And so it's oh, yeah. like all these things are going to become autonomous. And it's going to be scary, though. Have you have you done a self-drive on a Tesla? It like auto brakes in front of shadows. It's nuts. Yeah, <laughs> so well, I, I think it's not ready for prime time, to be honest with you. However, I did have a Tesla and I did have the autonomous driving and I would let it do it. But I just didn't have the heart to just let it do it. I was still very aware. But think about where your phone was a decade ago and where yeah. it is now. I mean, it's it's moving. So I, I'll be interested, and hopefully we can we can keep all the ethical harnesses on it and and make it you know make life more efficient. Well, Paul's on Team Bechet because he's saying it's there's going to be more. You you guys are like, no, nothing will happen. I didn't say that. Yes, you did. <laughs> so you so saying? God, I was saying from from my standpoint, like some of this stuff has started to already take course. So Paul, I'll tell you, cause Danny's not going to listen to me anyways. I'm a marketing <laughs> guy. I own a marketing business. We do all things digital marketing, right? So chatbots over the past few years have gotten so commonplace and popular. And there's a million different ways to use AI with the chatbots. And so this was like last year, last summer, something like that. There were all these reports coming out of this whistleblower at Google who was saying that there was this big AI chatbot that they were trying to produce and they shut the project down because the AI turned sentient and it started to like showcase feelings. And so he shut it down. I don't know if that's true. I just know that what? like the is rumors that, were spreading. That movie, isn't that all that Sleepless in Seattle movie? Like what didn't that happen already? <laughs> <laughs> didn't that happen that movie Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds? Like he was the NPC in the game. Oh, and yeah, then, the like, he, yeah. And then he got feelings <laughs> and he like liked the girl and then like he became like but it's crazy. It's like, what's not to change your code? By the way, have you, do your kids use that as an insult? What? Yeah, Call you're me. an NPC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Means you have, yeah, you're a tool. <laughs> I've been, yeah. I've been jabbed as it, as they're like that. You're an NPC, right? You're a bot. You're an NPC. You're I'm a like, bot. Oh, I was like, what's a bot? What, and, you're, yeah. well, you're a what is it? Non-player character or something? Yeah, like that? Like that yeah. means like yeah. just, it means like you're just a piece of shit in the wind. We don't need you. Yeah, like, you're, you're, you're a bot. You're, you're luggage. <laughs> See, at least your kids play games where like NPCs are relevant. I've been called that by my kids. And the only game they play is fucking Animal Crossing. So that's like the lowest bar of NPC that you can have. Uh, I, just I think Crossy Roads or Frogger could be worse. You might be just a car <laughs> that drives across the street. Uh, I'd rather be the squatted uh, squ squash frog, I think. 
I'm like, well, at least you're the main, you know, that yeah, you're the meaning. main I meaning. Like, the game ends on you. You have meaning. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I think what we need to do is incorporate video in the OR and commentating so that you hear four clowns in the background while you're operating just razz you. And then we need to throw, like, an NPC that walks around your room to try to, like, take your attention off and see who does so what. The, so there would be a fun one, right? Like, you know, you don't do it live, right? So I record the video, and then you have you and Danny watch the video and assault it on all ends. Like Madden cast. Or what, what is it? Uh, like Eli. Madden cast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like they're doing it tonight on the Buffalo game. Um, but, I mean, that that'd be that'd be pretty funny. Like, Oh my gosh, why did he do that? Uh, I could have done that moving three steps. You should call Ryan from V surgic and get a video that you do. Oh no, then- no, no. I would never subject. It's my idea. So we have to do it to Joe. Okay. Or okay. Get, all right. Get somebody's video and Danny and I will go up on stage and we'll do the podcast live from the stage, breaking down the video. Oh my gosh. The breakdown. Oh, the breakdown. That would be really tough. The beatdown. The beat down by the pod stars. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's gonna have to be like the most baller surgeon ever to like put their video like that. Yeah. A lot <laughs> of oh, how, did you, how did you get that bleeder? I've never seen it. <laughs> they could totally where, fuck with where you. Are you. Why are you there? Oh my god. Look at how he puts the Army Navy. Like, what? It doesn't work like that. Army Navy. <laughs> what, what kind of surgery are we doing? Are we doing an ACL? What's going on? Is he using Rattus? Who uses Rattus? It's all about the Bonnie. Everybody. Uh, knows I remember, I was I was a first year <laughs> med student, and I'm scrubbed on a case, and I don't know, you know, we were integrated, but you didn't know much. And the attending and the fellow are, are working together, and the attending looks at me, goes, "Do you know the name of that vessel?" I'm like, "I ah, know." He's like, "It's the vessel Popescu." I'm like, ah, "I never heard of it." He goes. This guy, Popescu, the fellow, hits it every single case. <laughs> and, of course, that traveled far over my head until a decade later. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I use that line all the time. I'm like, oh, that's the vessel of so-and-so. Dude, do you pimp people? I haven't pimped anybody in, like, a long time. So, yeah, I have two fellows, right? So yeah. um, I don't know if I pimped them, but I, I – Oh, served. yeah, I guess they've changed that word now, right? It's yeah, I ask a lot of questions. Verbally assault. <laughs> Well, that's what they used to call it. See, so yes, yeah, I think it's got funny. It's a funny word. It is a funny. I never necessarily understood it, and then like why pimping was that means something totally different. Uh, (laughs) You probably have to look up that in the Greenwich Dictionary to find out the real derivation. Oh, you know where there's pimping going on? Barcelona on Greenwich Avenue. There's some pimping going on. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you got to, though. Otherwise, like, you don't learn in the surgery. And then, like, you know, people like some of the residents show up and they're just kind of like, you know, let me do something. But they don't even know what's going on. It's much harder these days, though, to, I mean, gosh, I hate to say we walked uphill both ways, but I feel the three of us did that. Not to take anything away from the residents now, but I just feel that it's okay to not be as prepared these days. It's like we have gloves on when we're in the OR, you know, no pun intended, but to be like a little nicer and the days of that person just where you were berated and you felt ashamed and that will never feel, I'll never feel like that again and go home and read and really understand. I mean, those days are gone. If I did that now, I'd be in HR so fast. 
I never been berated, but I remember when I got in my fellowship and I was doing total shoulders and, and I was, I really, that's why I went to Rothman Ford and, you know, Jerry, Jerry Williams was there. And I remember when I started my rotation and we were in our first shoulder and I was like, and he asked me like what I wanted to do and stuff. I'm like, look, dude, I'm like, I want to be fucking badass at these, make me better, like critique me, like get on me. And like, I would like, you know, he'd go down to the, like, don't hold the knife like that doc, you look stupid or put your arm like this or doc, that's not the step doc. And then, you know, just kind of chiseled that me chiseled at me until i was refined and then you know once i was doing the total shoulder like him i was doing it you know most most of the cases with them and then it was like oh shit i'm, I'm there right so and you, but you're always still learning but i think you need that dude yeah danny that comes from you right that that drive comes from within you know i don't know that you instill that into someone you you, you instill into them that like you take every step seriously you you indicate seriously you prepare seriously you think about it seriously but you know, the desire to be better, that, that's why That's why you're you. You know, I, I don't even, I, I think it's going to be funny, like, in 15 years, and I'm like, remember when we used to do that shit? I mean, oh, my God, that was so fun when we did all that shit. Oh, my gosh. No, it's not far all away. shit now. It's not far away. I know. You know, when I turn, I mean, you're about my age, Paul, I think. I just turned 50, and it's, I don't feel like I'm that old. But like when I say the words out loud, I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? Because I don't, I feel 30 still. Yeah. You guys are going to be like Taboni, dude. Taboni, what is it, 20, 76? He's still rolling. But he's a vampire, right? He doesn't chat. <laughs> I could say that. I, I, I mean, if he was on the phone, I'd say, hey, T, I think you're a vampire. Like he has a different kind of blood. And I, I mean, I was a fellow at his house and I'm talking to him about something. He's like, well, actually, on page 300 of such and such, I'm like, Whatever. And he walks upstairs, gets the big, because that's when you keep the journals, gets the big journal out, opens up to page 300 and shows me the line that he's talking about. And at that point, I knew he wasn't human. <laughs> he's a smart, dude. Oh, my. So smart. That's incredible. I don't know. I, I have a little bit of a photograph memory, but not like that. That's incredible. That's that's insane. Everything. And, you know, he's the guy who's like the first one at the lecture Paying it, he's like Dr. Warren. He's paying attention to every line. He's thinking about every part of it. He's the last one to leave the lecture hall, um, and just and somehow retains every bit of it. Well, I think the interesting thing is when you're when we look back, like years ago, all these guys. I mean, we don't have really much video of Taboni or any of those guys, but there's going to be a lot of Bollywood Paul, a lot of. <laughs> Plant Daddy, a lot of American. Yeah, stuff. I mean, but that's awesome, though. It's gonna be great, but it's gonna be. I wish I had Taboni videos, dude. Taboni's like a Jedi with the scope. Taboni's a Jedi with the scope. Hundred yeah. percent, but it's gonna be weird to look back five years from now, ten years from now, at your own stuff. So I, I was just like cleaning out my office, uh, and I came across all these old scope pics of mine from like 2007, 2008, and I looked at some of them like, what the fuck is that? Like I'm just just even in a static picture going, I'm I, I do it different now. I can see that. But it's gonna <laughs> be good. it's gonna be weird to look back, even like this podcast to listen to us and I'll be like drinking tequila on a front porch with, with plant daddy and being like, What were we thinking by doing that? So I mean, you know it'd be even more fun to keep looking at them and find out where your inflection point was. Oh, I, I peaked. My peak was. <laughs> no, but when did you when did you hit that peak? Like how many years, or like where, or was it just we? You know, it's it's an interesting question. Yeah, and when what is a peak? I mean, is it peak personally, physically, professionally, 
all of the above. Like, where is your peak? I mean, I wish any of those aligned for me. <laughs> I, I think they're all different. My golf game's peaking now. I know that. That's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> Who's giggling? Is that you, Flex Daddy? <laughs> I'm just laughing at you guys are old. <laughs> what are you like six years younger than me? No, I'm not that old, but I always talk, Paul always gets like this. He's always like, I'm old. I'm like, dude, you guys aren't that old. Oh, I was gonna God. say you can you can hear us us millennials over on this side of the conversation shutting up and just letting you guys talk. <laughs> yeah. Let let the elders speak. You get deep over there. You get deep as you start to wonder like how to get better and how to get faster and how to how to do it even slicker. And while you're running out of time. Yeah, he's like, I remember I was talking to Paul. He's like, yeah, you know, Danny's like, you got to make sure, you know, keep the fire. You got to keep all this stuff alive for everybody and like keep it going. I'm like, wait, where are you going, dog? Like we just started hanging out. <laughs> but, but I agree with, with Paul, though, with that, what he just said, because I think as you start realizing you're getting older and I'm on the back nine of my career, I'd like to think. And there's a piece of me that says, hey, if I want to keep this pace or, or at least keep this skill set. I got to work that much harder because there's guys like you, Danny, that are remarkable and you, you push, I think Paul and I to be better, but I think there's also the component of knowing that I have a limited and finite amount of time left that if I want to keep doing this, I, I got to keep bringing my a game. So it takes that much more, I think, um, concentration drive, all the things that got us here. And I mean, I could coast, but I don't want to. I mean, the, the, the relief on that is, I unfortunately, and I think none of us on this call or on this this podcast, I don't know anything else, right? I don't know any other way to, to do it other than driver, be a driver. Mm -hmm. The only time I, I, I take a passenger seat is when I play golf in a cart. I don't want to drive. I don't <laughs> let my friend do it every time. I don't know. I don't think you guys have plateaued yet. You guys are still like doing dope shit, challenging yourselves. You know, you're out there. Like, you definitely haven't peaked yet. So that, that's Danny, what's crazy because I'm watching your guys's videos. I'd like to. Danny, are you getting nil money for your, in your new job? You must be, right? I want that nil deal, man. How do I get that? That's what this, <laughs> that's what this podcast is. That's your nil money, brother. <laughs> Name, image, and likeness. That's awesome. I'm waiting for somebody to come see you and be like, "Yo, it's Plant Daddy." <laughs> Dude, I would die. I would, I would die. That That's show would be I'm hilarious. I mean, look, I may pay, I may pay someone to do that. I'll just send a patient to see it. <laughs> but we have to have be surgic in the room when it happens, so we can oh. catch it on camera. You know, I was gonna say, Paul's going undercover. He's gonna throw on a wig and like a fat suit and go in there. Oh my god! Yeah, and just play the patient. Oh, I, I would gladly pay for that. Tell him my bunion it. hurts and I need him to fix it. <laughs> bunion. He's like, bro, I only do shoulders. Dude, I gotta, I gotta start a, a a shoulder meeting out here so I can invite you guys to come over and hang out with me. That's just what we need another shoulder meeting. How about we just come hang out? Yeah. How about we just fly out and just say what's up? You guys only fly for free. Don't lie to me. <laughs> I just, I love it. Danny's always like, "Oh yeah, you guys come visit me. Come visit me." He's never once offered to come visit us. Think about well, it. If you find want to host you, hit both of us. I want to host you. I don't want to impose on you. Yeah, plus, you know, if Danny comes to Grant, she won't even speak the language. So I can't. <laughs> like, yo, this is hip. And they're like, oh, you're buying a horse? <laughs> I'm going to bring oh, the hammer. Oh, how much is it? Exactly. <laughs> like, I brought the hammer. Did you see his video of his Thor hammer? I did. <laughs> did I did. you see when I got a hold of it? And it was like. I actually saw both of those posters. <laughs> very, very funny. <laughs>
All right, man. man. Dude, thanks for coming on with us, Paul. It's been fun hanging out with you. I miss you. So well, hopefully we'll, we'll hang out uh, soon. All right, fellas. Thank you so much for having me on. I totally appreciate it. Paul, it was awesome. Thanks for coming on. We're looking forward to seeing you, if not sooner, but at least at Shoulder 360 in May. And then we'll hang out and watch F1 racing that Sunday. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Bobby, uh, Sharif, Danny, thank you so much. All right, man. Take it easy. See you, Bollywood, Paul. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> That was cool. That was a lot of fun, brother. He was for sure like the most famous person we've had. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that, but it's okay. Um, I like I to interpret Paul. Paul's a big deal. Paul is a big deal, but yeah. I mean, don't 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 make our other guests feel any less important. <laughs> Each and every one is important. We're all beautiful flowers. But yeah, I don't want to get in trouble because they're like, oh, Cuff Daddy has favorites. Yeah, it's, it's Flex Daddy, by the way. Flex Daddy. So Flex Daddy does have favorites. We don't want that. We don't want, we don't want that. No, that was fun. I think it was interesting to talk about all the, you know, the education and how we do it. And we joke about it, but honestly, that's what I think makes us and keeps driving us. Because if I watched your video, I'd be like, dude, that was kind of sick. And I mean, you had that, you had that little short video where i did a real arthroscopic ladder in a live human and you did it in a cadaver and then posted that you beat my time which was <laughs> which was pretty fucking fast i mean to do it in 53 minutes and then you're like Dude, your video start. your video helped i was like literally watching the physical like, what's he gonna do i was like oh okay and then it's just like doing it yeah right. um, so that was cool i'm actually gonna do that again like having the video of the procedure up on the screen while I was doing it in the cadaver, that was huge. Huge was because cool. you get, especially if like your skill set kind of matches. So like me and you, I think are very similar in how we work, and I think think the same on how we do our scopes. So you, my steps would be very similar to your steps. So it could be like the training wheels you need until you make that video in forty five minutes. Yeah, it's like Mario Kart watching. when you try to beat when you try to beat the guy, you know, like the ghost the ghost racer. You see if you can beat him. Exactly. But let's be very clear for our guests where he's working on a cadaver. So he's not going oh, yeah. too fast. He's, he's on a cadaver. cadaver and it's not in a real human being because you would take his time in a real human being and he won't. Disclaimer. Beat my Disclaimer. And he won't be my time. <laughs> well, let's wrap that up, man. Thanks everybody for tuning in on our latest show of I'm a pot star, not a doctor. It's your boy C Diddy signing out. Thank you. P Diddy, C Diddy, plant daddy, cuff daddy, C Diddy. All the above for having internet that actually worked tonight. So I'm very excited about we're at, we're on the rise here at I'm a Potsdam, not a doctor. Now that we have matching good internet, so thanks to Bobby for bringing uh, everything together. Thanks for having Paul on, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Find us wherever you find your podcast. Find us on Instagram, on TikTok, and on YouTube. See ya. Peace. Trying to get a lot of dough. Anything is possible. Turn me up in the headphone. Yeah. Trying to get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles. Cause anything is possible. Yeah. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. Yeah. Trying to get a lot of dough and dirt through all the obstacles Cause anything is possible Oh man, I got a lot of dough Stack that bread and vomit nose Anything is possible
The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent.